Hi. Hello. How are ya? Good. Back again. Back again we are for episode nine. Nine. Can you believe it's fucking nine? I thought it was eight. I actually thought it was eight. I, to be honest, I couldn't remember either. And then um, I remembered Murray was eight. Cool. That was great. You know what? I like <laughs> was thinking about that interview like the whole week after that. Very insightful. He was, mm. wasn't he? Mind gold moments. That's our new thing. So that's pretty cool. Hopefully we have some mind gold moments today. I'm pretty sure we will because we've sure got we a pretty fucking special guest today. Yes. All the way from Great Britain, sort of. Yes, she's just flown in. <laughs> just from... for this, basically. <laughs> just for this interview. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we have Emily Musket with Hello. us. Hi. Thanks for having me, guys. Hello. Thank Hi. you so much for coming all the way from Hawthorne. <laughs> it's only literally five minutes up the road. But yeah, no, thank you for having me. So, yeah, we want to hear basically all about you. Um, and obviously there's always a reason why one of us know you and it's me. Um, so I remember the first time I met you, uh, you did my weigh in (laughs) and I was like super fangirly and like, (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, she's so strong. And like really embarrassed to say my starting weights. (laughs) Oh no, you weren't. And also cause I was like standing there in my underwear, like the first time (laughs) I met you and I was like, Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. But I was also real excited and I wanted to be like, can I have a photo? But I was like, no, calm yourself. And I didn't. But now I actually have legitimate photos of us, which is exciting. So Emily's our first Commonwealth Games athlete guest on the podcast. Yes. Gold medalist even. Wow. So pretty gold much as good as you can get. Games athlete. Yeah. So yeah. thank you. That still sounds crazy, actually. Wow. Not used to it. Not what? used to a... Uh... No, Graham. No, Graham. Graham's trying to adjust the <laughs> makeshift tripod. He's gonna fucking. Oh no! Oh, he knows. No. Uh, okay. we've hopefully got a good screenshot out of yeah. it anyway. Love His it. face is in the camera now. We just. I spent. <laughs> James spends about ten minutes every time trying to make a tripod out of various household items. You would think by episode <laughs> nine. I'd have it sorted. But every or time. by episode nine, one of us would have just fucking bought a tripod. <laughs> yeah. No. We can. St- t- so today our tripod is a chair, um, a, a figurine of Daenerys oh. from Game of Thrones, and a cactus. Oh, Graham. And Sorry. Graham's just knocked it all down. Right. He has. <laughs> and then he's scared himself. So, he's run off. so anyway, that's fine. Um, so Commonwealth Games, at what point did you think... I could fucking go to the Commonwealth Games. Like, at what point in your weightlifting career did that that thought enter your head? Um, well, I guess the first time I even considered it was um, my first ever weightlifting competition. So, oh my god! Well, not <laughs> it's amazing. It wasn't actually me. It was my coach at the time. So, um, I'd recently kind of just decided to change sports, and I had a because I had a specific weightlifting coach for my like strength and conditioning training because you did Um, pole vaulting yeah 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 so I had a separate coach who took me through like all the olympic movements and things like that um and he also was one of the national um, weightlifting coaches for the british team and um he had a like club competition and he said to me can you take part like I need a need another um female member so I was like yeah sure like I'd learned the basics just through my training and, and decided to do this competition for him. And um, at the end of the competition, he said to me, he was like, you do know that you could go to the Commonwealth Games if you if you pursued the sport. And at the time, I was like, you're joking. Holy shit, how old were you? 
18. Oh my god. Yeah. 18. And what was your first total? What was your first ever total? Um, well, it was 47 snatch and 66 kilos clean and jerk. So oh, my God. Was that 113 or something? Fuck. Yeah. And he Crazy. was like, you go to the Commonwealth Games. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. I think I don't know how he kind of got that idea, but he'd seen a few of his own lifters previously get to that level. So yeah, maybe he saw something in my technique or I don't know the way. I performed on the day, I don't know, but did you get he was six right. out of six? <laughs> I, did, I did. Oh my god, at your first comp. Yeah. Fuck that's cool. Yeah. It was feels like a million years ago now. But that's amazing. Yeah. No, it's good fun. I actually remember I was a bit um ill that day. So I was like vomiting in between lifts because <laughs> I was so Christ. unwell. Oh my god. But, um, yeah, so it's kind of stuck in my, my head that first ever comp. Yeah. Um but I think it was that that kind of uh persuaded me to just properly bite the bullet and just crack on with weightlifting because I was better at that sport and I enjoyed it and yeah I just thought do you know what I'm just gonna throw everything into this and see how far I get yeah and yeah clearly it was worth it yeah it was a uh, what made you get into weightlifting um well mainly because I'd stopped enjoying pole vault and I feel like pole vault is one of those sports, right, where you have to have a bit of a screw loose. Like it's fucked. Like I can't no even imagine fear. how. How do you? That's what I've, I've always wondered. That how do you go? Yeah, I'm gonna do some pole vaulting. Uh, for me, it was because I did athletics from like a super young age, oh, so like you had five like onwards. Yeah. I was doing some kind of track and field type thing, um, and I'd, I had a coach that took me for long jump and and. I was doing 200 meters sprint at the time and things like that. I was a bit of an all-rounder and he did pole vault himself. So he was like, why don't you just give this a go? And I was like, sure, why not? I'll try anything. And um, yeah, and I did. And it was a bit bit of a wild roller coaster of a time. Like you can really... Literally up and down. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Excuse the pun. Um, <laughs> no, but it was, it was crazy because you can really get in your own head with pole vault. Uh, yeah, no shit. Yeah. What the fuck? It was, Did yeah. you ever have any bad falls, injuries from that? Um, well, I had a few moments where I kind of took off with the pole and then came straight back down without making it quite onto the You'd think that would be <laughs> quite a high chance of it happening. Yeah. Has anyone ever impaled themselves with the pole? Was Some people ever... have. Fuck. I never witnessed I would, it. I would, 100%. I think there's been a couple of uh, landing on the old pole and... Having some landing on the old pole, <laughs> having, some, <laughs> having some extreme injuries. Don't it's literally it's like the opposite of weightlifting. Yeah, like that's hilarious. Yeah, it is such a fucking random sport. I know. But so much... how how far did you get with that? Um, oh, I wasn't too bad. I mean, I um represented England at one competition as a junior athlete. Yeah. Um, so, so you're that pretty, was probably pretty my good, highlight. Really. Yeah. Yeah, but my <laughs> my actual height that I got wasn't brilliant. How high was it? Three meters fifty one centimeters. That seems really fucking high. How high that's would high the ceiling enough. be here? That's two point five. That's pretty. That's pretty bloody high. Yeah, it was alright, but I just like I said, I just didn't really have the minerals for it to uh, to it's do really such well. A weird at it. thing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm pretty glad weightlifting came along, really. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more fun chucking yourself under a load of weights. I agree, 100%. Getting under the bar, not over it. That's it. Yeah, That's love it. it. 
Has anyone done that before, used that pun before? No. Oh, well, wow. first. <laughs> yes, excellent. Um, so that was, so it's been about, what, te- 11 years that you started weightlifting? Yeah. Yeah. 11 years, probably approaching 12 now. And it was last year that you got gold in the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. Yeah. So 10 years Shit. it took me. And the first year your coach was like, you're going to make it to the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. And for 10 years you just had that in your head like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah, Fuck, pretty much. cool. But yeah. I did, I've been to three Commonwealth Games and the first one I just made it onto the team in yeah. 2010. So I'd only been weightlifting for like one and a half years-ish. That's amazing. Yeah, but I totally wasn't ready for it. Like, <laughs> I had a bit of a mare when I was out there. I can imagine it would be yeah. just not actually that fun a lot of the time. Well, it was my first ever international competition. Yeah. I was still fairly new to the sport. It was in Delhi, so I had a bit of the old rotten belly. And uh, just a number of things. And I I just didn't have anything left on the day, to be honest. I just missed all three snatches. And before I knew it, I hadn't even started. <laughs> I was finished before I'd even made it onto the platform, but yeah. Yeah. But saying that, it was a massive learning curve. Um, I wouldn't change it now. If if you'd have said to me at that time, don't worry about bombing out in uh, in eight years, you'll go and win a gold, I'd be like, yeah, sure, take it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all a bit of an up and down journey as a most. It is so, isn't it? Things. Right. Fuck. Yeah. The one thing about weightlifting. I've always thought is that it's a long game. You yeah. know, like there is, I mean, I know a lot of sports are a long game for a lot of people, but there is some sports that tend themselves to like natural athletes. Yeah. Whereas I don't think weightlifting necessarily does that as much. It's like you need to put the time in. Yeah, 100%. And it's repetition yeah. and it's a long patience you know, and a consistency long, long game sort of thing. You know, whereas like, you know, some sports, maybe let's say basketball, if you have a natural tendency if you're taller or if you've got that athletic build yeah you might be able to go you know go into professional league in a couple of years yeah with weightlifting i don't think that's possible for anyone no, no. i think you've got to put the time in yeah know, i agree consistently yeah i mean i think there are a few kind of freak weightlifters out there that are yeah. like 18 years old cleaning yeah like three this, times body weight yeah 100 percent. yeah but they, yeah. they probably started when they were about 12 so yeah there's still going to be a little bit of work done or they did crossfit previously or something yeah some kind of base level sport that's the thing um, right i think it's like it's so hard because people and obviously like you know you train at the same club as me and i know like everyone like obviously looks up to you i mean obviously because you're awesome but because you're so good right and that's if people are constantly comparing themselves to you that's probably not the best for them (laughs) you know what i mean but surely you like you you've got that person that you are looking up to and being like holy fuck yeah they're amazing right and that's how other people look at you so it's funny isn't it it's kind of weird because you don't get about with that kind of attitude that you're like so much better than everyone like at all i think that's why you're so um, easy to relate to, you know what I mean? But that's how people look at you, that you're like this incredible athlete, you know? So, yeah, who's that for you? Um, Well, on the weightlifting scene, obviously, Lydia Valentin is in my weight class, or the one I'm trying to get up to. Um, That's a whole different... (laughs) Oh, yeah, should I make you a sandwich? Like, do you... (laughs) Yeah, I need about 10 sandwiches. You're going Um, up to a weight class. Yeah. It's a lot funner than going down. 
It is, but I've done both. Okay. And at least when you're going down, like, you know what you've got to do and you know kind of your, your limits with calories. Like, you can work it out and you can see, like, a steady drop-off. But there's something really challenging about having to stuff your face 24-7 and not throw up. <laughs> Dude, honestly, yesterday I was fucked. And before training, I was just so tired. I was like, fuck, I just need to eat, like, all of the food. Yeah. And I had, before, this is, like, on my way to training, right, I had a Cheesy Mite scroll, a banana, and two muesli bars. Just so that, that I could, going. right? But honestly, I was doing, like, paused back squats, and I was, like, spewing in my mouth, like, at the bottom of each rep, because, like, I was so full of food. Yeah. And I felt absolutely fucking gross and, like, a fat motherfucker. Yeah. So I was like, this must be what Emily feels like all the time. This is my life. It was so gross. For me, it's at the moment, I, like, get in from work about half eight most nights. I'll eat dinner about nine, and then I've got to go to bed about ten, like, because I've got something to get up for the next day. Every night, I'm, like, lying in bed, I'm like, oh, God, I've got heartburn. (laughs) I've got acid reflux. (laughs) That would be, like, the... Two kilos of food I've just eaten before bed. But oh my is it, god! Is it like, uh, <laughs> are you like trying to put weight on with good food, or are you like dirty bulk? <laughs> well, I originally started to do totally clean food. You know, you do um, so much of it's clean as well to make yeah. up the calories. I know, but this, so now I'm just a bit like stuffy. I just need calories in, mm. so I'll have a bit of um, junk now and then. Like I'll have some chocolate if I want chocolate, or some ice cream and. I'm just eating loads of pasta because pasta's like good calories, isn't it? You mean pasta? Pasta. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> pasta. pasta. Pasta and yogurt. No, it's a it's a different experience bulking. But I'm yeah. I am looking forward to the day I can diet and feel a bit healthier again. But it's all for performance, right? So you just got to yeah. do what you got to do. Right. I think that's such like a, a mentally hard thing with the sport as well. Because, you know, you get into the habit of weighing yourself every single day and you know that you don't look like necessarily how you want to look. Yeah. But you just have to prioritise performance. And I think getting that in your head and being, like, okay with it is really hard. It is really hard. It sucks. Especially as a female because I think... Yeah. I mean, there are obviously guys like this as well out there, but as a girl you kind of are more self-conscious about how you look yeah having been because you probably when you were doing crossfit right you you when you're at a lighter body weight you feel better about yourself because you've got like abs and you can see that you're a bit leaner and you just feel in good shape but as soon as you have to start like eating 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 obviously you can't put muscle on without putting on a bit of fat as well for sure like it's not possible well it is but Illegally or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you know about you know about those ones. <laughs> um, yeah. So as I get heavier, yeah. I'm obviously feeling a lot fluffier around the edges a little bit. But yeah, I just won't look at myself for a little for a oh little while. Oh my god! Don't even. <laughs> no, say it's that. all right. It's um, I'm I'm seeing my training improve, like recovery wise. I'm definitely doing better in terms of like. In between sessions, I feel like I'm able to recover quite quickly and yeah. get back at it the next day. Um, so I think the food intake is helping in that sense. But yeah, it's not it's not great for the old self esteem. But you just you know, if, if I want to give myself the best possible chance for Tokyo, I've just got to, I've got yeah. to get on with it. So. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Let's talk about Tokyo. <laughs> Tokyo. So 
it's quite a fucking extensive process to qualify from my understanding yeah and what i find annoying is like you know there's so many misconceptions around you know the sport of olympic weightlifting if i tell someone i do it and they don't know anything about it they think i'm going to the olympics and it's really awkward and embarrassing because i've got to be like no no <laughs> no i'm not that's just what it's called yeah. like oh but one day right like no no never like let's be realistic here okay yeah. but you actually actually are trying to qualify so tell us a little bit about that whole process because it's quite an ordeal it is i'll try and summarize as best as i can yeah go on so basically there's um a qualification period that started in i think it was november last year and it runs to April next year. So it's about 18 months. Um, and in that time, you've got to do at least six, um, you know, uh, qualification events that they, the IWF have kind of set out. You can choose which six they are. But there's different tiers. So there's gold, silver and bronze events. So basically, um, if you do a gold event, you get ranked according to your total that you lift. But then you get an extra... 10% ranking points so they're doing it in terms of points Yeah. so you get an extra 10% at gold events at silver events you get an extra 5% and at bronze you just get where you place who like. the fuck came up with this mm. oh I don't this know this is so bloody confusing I know so it's in your best interest to do as many gold events as possible and to do your best performances at gold events yeah so there's like lots of pressure for everyone fucking hell yeah, yeah. okay um, and you have to do like at least one competition in each three periods. So that 18-month period is split into three separate ones. And you have to do at least one in each. And that's, I think, they're doing it to try and combat doping. Right. Uh, combat doping in sport because, yeah. obviously, weightlifting is pretty rife yep. across the world. 100%. Um, well, they use steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yep, some of them do. I didn't think it would help. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, some do, some don't. Um, this one doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So um, it's a bit of a process, and obviously you have to do lots of travelling because all these events are like held across the world. Um, so I've done three events so far, so I've got to do another three. I've got one event, gold event, in about two and a half weeks. Thailand. Yeah, yeah. Thailand. Um, and basically, what they do is they they rank everyone at the end, and they put all the points in a big list and work it all out, and um. They'll take the top eight in the world for, from um, for each weight class. They'll take them to the Olympics. Top eight in the world from each weight class. Yeah, and Jesus. then it's the top person from each continent after that. So for me, I've got to try it because realistically, if I'm trying to push up a body weight class, I'm not going to make top eight at 76s in the world. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm not lifting enough. Um, so I have to try desperately to try and get the top European spot after the top eight has been counted oh okay and yeah. so it's gonna be tough like super tough was there ever a point where you were considering cutting to the lower weight class no no because i've done that before like before they changed the body weight classes i used to be a 63 lifter and it was just getting too much like the dieting yeah. Oh, is it 63 to 76? Is that the... It's 64 to 76 64. now. Holy shit, that is yeah. a huge jump. Yeah. So there's, That's fucked. There's a 71 kilo class between. Yeah. 
which is ideal for me, but yeah, that's not an Olympic class. But that's Olympic not Olympic class. class. Yeah, all right. What, what's the... That's... Why would they do... That's... No, oh, let's not... That's a oh, whole different podcast, that's, I That's next level. Yeah. What's the... What's the rules for the weigh... Like, when do you weigh in? What's the deal? Because I know... Would it be the I mean, same I don't know as about weightlifting, but I know yeah. with fighting and all that sort of stuff, that, you know, particularly UFC, they'll weigh in the day before. Ours is two hours. Is it two hours? So yeah. it's two hours before the event. So there's yeah. no, like, cutting weight down and then you know, put you know, cutting water weight down and then putting it back on for the event. Nah, no, none of that. Two hours before for everyone is just standard rules. And you have to weigh at least seventy two, is that right? I'll have to be over seventy one. So yeah, seventy one point one minimum. So you yeah. want to be? Do you want to be training at seventy one? Uh, no, because I'm trying to push up to seventy six. So this is the other um, part of the qualification because seventy one isn't an Olympic weight class. I have to do at least two of those six competitions in the 76 weight class. Oh. Wow. So I've done one at 76 and I had to neck a load of water oh, just that to was make the sure last one. I, I was over 71 yeah, yeah, yeah. kilos, yeah. which was hard. Um, you had to be over. Well, yeah, because yeah. it's 76 weight class, so yeah, she's got to be... If it's under, it wouldn't matter. Wouldn't matter. I think because, I, because they don't have 71s for the Olympic qualification, I think you're still expected to be over 71 kilos for it oh. to get into that yeah, 76 that would make sense yeah that's yeah so it's so be, frustrating it, ideally you'd want to be at 76 yeah or a lot of those 76 lifters will be training at 78 yeah shit yeah so training it's at 78 and, and then, then cutting cut yeah, yeah. just to be, like optimise you know their training and recovery mm. and things so you know what? I did yeah. actually have a real good session today after eating all that food yesterday and I weighed 65 kilos today and I was like Fuck, I feel real strong. That's it. Oh, no. Carbs. <laughs> Carbs. <laughs> Carbs are the best. Oh, shit. Yeah, You're it. right. Yeah, so we will see. I'll, like, I just want to give it my best shot and have no regrets because this, yeah. for me, like, I'm looking to retire in the near future. Like, I'm not going to pursue this sport for too much longer. So this is kind of like my last hurrah, just chuck everything at it. Fuck, yeah. Give it, give it my all, and we'll see. We'll see what yeah. happens. What lifts are you expecting you'll need to make? Big ones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would probably need to lift at least two hundred and thirty-five kilo total. Yeah. So. Uh, and my best shit. so far is two hundred and twenty-two. Okay. And that was last year. So. So your PB, it'll be a PB. Oh you? yeah, it would be. It's going to be a big ask, but. What I'm hoping is if I just get try and get stronger and stronger and stronger, but by the time it comes to the last qualification event, which will be for me Europeans in April, I'll just have to try and I'll just have to shove it on the bar and just chuck myself under it. And put hope. that weight on the bar for your first lift and just fucking have three cracks. At That's it. it. Yeah, 100%. it's going to be. I think the European, like all the continental competitions next April, it's going to be like go for it or. Just a like, blood bath. do or die. Yeah. That's it, do or die. Because even if you bomb out, if people bomb out, then that totally messes up their qualification because you need you need the six and you need your best yeah. four performances. Yeah, so if you bomb out, that doesn't count. No. Shit, right. Consistency. Yeah. That's it. Fuck. I mean, it is, it is a flipping ball ache, all of it, but it will kind of force people to produce the goods regularly absolutely and, like be at the top of their game so yeah you know 
it's kind of fair when you think about it. Rather than like what they used to do, they used to do team qualification for the Olympics. And, uh, you know, I don't know, some of the other nations would just hide away for a year and get as strong as hell and then come out and lift a world record. So, you know, it does kind of make it um, a bit of a fair playing field in that sense. Yeah. Mm. But just a lot of money... Obviously, yeah. a lot of traveling, a lot of traveling, a lot and... of peaking for like these competitions. Yeah, and... fucking how that's. Yeah. It's what do intense. you do in terms of mental training? Um, well, I just try and do a bit of mindfulness, and um, I'll write a few notes down if I feel I need to, like if I've had a bad session or something. I love that um, that drill that you taught me about writing all the bad things down and ripping up the piece of paper and throwing it away. Yeah. So good. That was actually Joe that told me to Was do it? That. Yeah. It's great. My husband yeah. Joe. He said, like, I had a really, really bad session a couple of years ago and he was just like, oh, um, he was like, just write your um, thoughts down, like all the negative ones, what what didn't go well, you know, what, what you felt at the time, um, things like that. And he said... Um, stick it all down on a bit of paper and then just scrunch it up, chuck it in the bin and get rid of it. And it, it did really help because it kind of filters out all those negative thoughts that you have. Yeah. And um, once you've chucked it away, like it's just gone, you know, and you can start fresh. Yeah. No, so, I found that really helpful. Yeah. I think... Um, what Sorry. James is just adjusting <laughs> the microphones here. Technical difficulties. <laughs> what are you thinking when you're on the platform and you're about to go for that... Like you know, the was it one thirty eight or one twenty eight? You did it the one twenty seven. One twenty seven. Sorry. Yeah. Your last pin and jerk. Like, what are you fucking thinking as to, you're about to lift that? To be honest, I'm trying not to think. I know okay. that sounds no, silly. No, that makes so much sense. Because we do so much thinking in the gym yeah. and in training. Like that is your place to get all your thinking out of the way. And if you can lift in training and lift well having a million thoughts about oh what's on the bar and I'm going to need this and I want to try and do this when I'm lifting it and if you can nail it in the gym I actually think it's easier when it comes to comp because you've done all that work and it's just about focusing and just walking out and getting it done mm. yeah I think that's that's kind of what we train for yeah. so that we don't actually have to you worry have to or, think. so that those yeah. cues are automatic so yeah. you don't have to think the f- 10 different cues that you normally think when you're training that you've got to focus on because it's all should be ingrained yep. by the point that you get onto the platform. That's it. It's no, like that's so no, good. No real time to think either, is it? It's no. like if you're thinking in that time, it's such a short, yeah. you know, short, fast thing. I know. If you're thinking, it's... And half the time I'm rushing, like I'm, oh, crap, there's 40 seconds left. I've got to try and get this. Like you've just... Yeah. You, it's so quick. Do you like the rush? Does that sort of push you a bit or not really not for snatches for snatches I like to take my time a little bit more yeah because I find them more challenging um so yeah the worst thing is rushing a snatch right because you usually don't get yourself under the bar yeah. in the right place so uh I don't like rushing for that but for clean and jerk it's fine because a bit of adrenaline usually helps you you know smash under and nail the clean but yeah someone did tell me that about um I did a little bit of weightlifting once at a time. wasn't any good, but I, I know a little bit. Um, the that it's good to be. Um, Donny Shankle said this. Oh yeah. Um, I did a workshop with him. He said snatch should be you should be a little bit more relaxed with. Mhm. 
they're clean and jerk, you should, you know, be a bit more pumped up. Like yeah. he would talk about it as like clean and jerk, you like really rev yourself up for. Whereas because you have you to, because be... you've done your three snatches and you're fucking half cooked already. Yeah, that's it. So you have your you have your uh, big dick energy drink and you have yeah. your bag of jelly snakes. <laughs> sugar <laughs> up, fucking... sugar and caffeine. Off you go. That'd be a good name for an energy drink. Dude, company. well, they've yeah. got... Big dick energy. Oh, my God. Yeah. You heard it here first. Well, they have that Coke energy. Yeah. Right? It's fucking amazing. Anyway, it it's my favourite. You mean cocaine? Gives you energy. <laughs> kind of not allowed. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It is allowed recre- recreationally. Oh, not out of competition. Asked, asked Simon the other day. I was just interested. You're joking. No. Like, well, obviously it's not allowed because it's illegal. So yeah. it's still illegal. It's not like, oh, I'm a weightlifter. It's fine. <laughs> and I'm not competing. <laughs> no, but like, it, as long as it's not in it. your system. No, as long as it's not in your system when you get tested at competition. Yeah. So you can, you know, if you go out, you know, a couple of weeks before on the weekend and whatever. Still illegal. Get to be clear. Just go, oh, no, it's just some chalk. Fun. <laughs> what, in your blood? Chalk in your chalk blood. Chalk in your blood. <laughs> to be fair, I probably do have chalk in my actual yeah, blood. Me too. There's so much floating around. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> oh dear. That's so good. Anyway, yeah. we're not condoning the drug use and don't do that. <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> Whether you're a weightlifter or not, just don't. Just don't do it. Anyway, um, so what I think is one of the coolest things about you is that you're obviously, you know, your training is, you're so focused on your training and that's obviously like your priority. But I find like a lot of, a lot of athletes aren't the best coaches because being an athlete is such a selfish thing, not in a way that it's, you're a shit person, but just like you have to kind of prioritize yourself in terms of, you know, your training, your nutrition, like whatever you need needs to be number one, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess they're not as good at coaching because they're constantly thinking about themselves. Yeah, but I don't feel like you're like that and I know with like the people that you train like you have you know you care just as much about them and whatever they're lifting as you do about yourself Um, and I think that's what makes you such a a great coach is like you'll make someone feel just as good that they snatch 25 kilos as you know you'll feel when you snatch 95 Yeah, you know and I think that that's something that so many coaches don't have because they're just not as engaged they're not as invested so I guess how do you how do you find that energy <laughs> within you to give that to other people when you need it so much for yourself? I think well, when you think about coaches, right, I think I don't think it's a rule that all athletes then make good coaches. Like I think yeah. there's plenty of coaches out there that haven't necessarily got to, you know, a, a standard level of weightlifting um themselves. But I think there's yeah, that there's loads of people without that experience who then go on to be really good coaches. Like it's not essential. Um, but I do think having that experience as an athlete helps with certain things like, um, empathy. So like if I know someone I'm coaching has had, is having a bit of a crap day and you know, they're feeling quite frustrated. Um, I, I just feel like I can relate to that because I've been there. Um, and I've had so many highs and, and low sessions like, before I won that gold medal last year, I'd pretty much had more lows than highs, I'd say. Almost quit the sport like four times. And so I just feel like I can use my own experience to boost other people and just tell them like, don't worry, I've been there. If you persevere and you continue and you want it that badly, like you can get there. 
Yeah. Um, because for me, it's it's always been a slow and steady kind of improvement. Like my graph would have a few dips in it, but it's like a, a gradual upward slope, if you like. Yeah. So I don't know. I just feel I can um, relate to people, and and I know how it feels to be on that journey and just having to kind of fight through the bad days to get to where you want to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I just, I love seeing people do well. I love giving back to the sport. Like it's been a massive part of my life and I obviously coach for a living. Like that's, that's what I do for work. So, um, I just have a huge passion for it really. And I know that one day, like I said, I'll probably retire soon. So that's going to be like my next, the next stage of the weightlifting career, I guess, if you like. Just, so coaching. Yeah, coaching and seeing other people do You're going to be like the Ursula well. of Australia. <laughs> we'll see, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's going to be fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. Do you think the weightlifting as an athlete gets in the way of being a coach? Because there's, there is an element of like selfishness to being... And I don't mean that in a negative way, but there is there has to be yeah. an element of me because yeah. you, you know you're trying to compete at a high level. So yeah, do you think that can get in the way of coaching sometimes? I, I think it can. Um, sometimes, like for instance, a few of the people that I coach, we sometimes train all together, um, and I'll always try and coach them and give them tips while while we're training. But I'm also doing my own session at the same time, so it, it's finding that balance. Um, mm. And like, don't get me wrong, I think it was about a week ago or so, like I was having a real crap session and I was just moody. I was like, I don't want to talk to anyone, I just want to was that sulk. That, was that that Monday? I think that was another one. <laughs> <laughs> See, it happens, like it's just normal oh part God. of training, you just get so pissed At least you don't off. cry for like fucking two hours like <laughs> me the other week. I've definitely done that before though, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, and uh, there's some times when I just, I know that I'm probably not being as enthusiastic as I can be mm. but most of the the guys that I train they understand that like they know they know what it's like they they understand that I'm doing my own thing at the same time and they know kind of what they signed up for and they're part of it like they're part of the the, the team support yeah mm. so it's all about boosting other people when they're down and then kind of boosting you when you're you're down as well and just picking each other up I think that kind mm. of having having someone else to focus on kind of takes the pressure off yourself a little bit as well. Yeah. Like that's what I find. Like, even though I don't coach anyone while I'm training, yeah. like I find that if I've coached people earlier in the day, then I come to my own session and if they've done really well, you know, it kind of takes the focus off me and yeah. it's actually a good thing. Cause or else you're all in your head about, I've got to make these numbers. I've I got see. to do whatever, but someone else has done well and that's like a cool thing. So you're already, feeling quite like motivated yeah 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 so i can see how you would use that to your advantage as well even though sometimes you don't have the energy to like you know the big dick energy yeah so you have enough to go around it's not constant no it's not at all (laughs) um no it's 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 good like yeah i just um i enjoy training with other people as well and like it's just a good distraction as well to kind of watch other people lifting give them a few tips and um, it just saves you kind of overthinking about your own training. Yeah. Like, you know when you're going for like 95% snatches, you don't really want to be thinking about that. You just want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good in that sense. And um, I guess it's what you're used to. Like, so my coach, my last coach back in the UK, 
he would get stuck in with our training. He'd be, it'd be, he'd he'd do a set and then he'd be like, you jump on, and it just that was just part of it. Like, it just worked. So I like sharing a bar. Eh? It's really good motivation. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Sharing a bar, sharing a platform, and just kind of yeah, taking turns and getting stuck in. So yes, yeah. yeah. I do think I don't think that works every time. Like, there's times sometimes when you, you need do to need just to give focus. Yeah, yeah, give your athletes a hundred percent of your your time and and concentrate on them and what they're doing um but you know at the moment it's working training with them now and then so yeah we'll um obviously in a year or so i probably won't be training alongside them but yeah Yeah. we'll see we'll see um i'm interested to hear you talk about your anxiety uh, because we've talked about this before and i think obviously when you legitimately have something to be anxious about like this whole qualification process and all of this you're putting everything into it you know how do you how do you cope with that and I guess in this sport it's such a massive thing like overcoming that anxiety in terms of your performance because it's going to be it's either going to make or break you when you step onto the platform yeah so yeah um well I think for me my anxiety doesn't really relate to my weightlifting funnily enough it doesn't it doesn't cross over no it's compartmentalized it's really weird i have like generalized anxiety i guess about weird stuff and um weightlifting is kind of like my therapy i guess if you like like it's the place i can go and just get on with my training and just not not have to worry yeah so yeah um i suppose i got most anxious after europeans in april and I was doing a lot of travelling and I don't like flying. So I had to do this massive journey to Georgia um, on my own, like three flights in a row. And it was just, I think it was just a build up and I'd had an injury. So I wasn't in the best shape I could be. Um, so I was stressing about maybe not performing. I suppose that is a little bit weightlifting related. I was, I was stressing about my performance and how I was going to do. I was stressing about flying all that way because it's like yeah I get quite worked up on the plane like my heart rate goes through the roof I'm just like proper nervous fire um and then yeah I actually it was the moment it kind of all came to a head was I um was getting my eyelashes done before like the day before I flew obviously yeah (laughs) yeah and (laughs) I get your eyelashes done for a comp yeah and I was just lying (laughs) there and you know how like they tape your bottom eyelids yeah I I had a bit of a panic (laughs) I just had a bit of a panic like my heart rate went up and then I I think I was thinking about the flights because I knew it was the next day and I just got a bit overwhelmed and I had to tell the lady to like stop a few times because I was just like getting really flustered yeah and like you know when your hands go sweaty and it was just horrible yeah and that was like the first kind of real panicky moment that I'd had um because I'm a bit of a worry wart. like generally I am I worry about stupid stuff but that was like it reached a new level um but I got to Georgia fine um and then I don't know if it was like all the adrenaline after the comp or whatever but I started to feel anxious again after the competition I went back to the UK and spent some time with my family and things like that and I didn't get a lot of sleep and I think just the combination of um all the build like the whole build-up was quite hard and I was missing loads of lifts in the gym and stuff like that and um just increased stress levels I think just peaked it 
and then yeah it could was, it have been overtraining you mean could yeah. have been yeah. yeah i was you know yeah. i was smashing out the volume and um uh doing like a diff- my my coach's program and it wasn't going very well because it was like the same program that i did before com game so i don't think the same program works twice really so yeah, i think okay. it was a number of things <clears throat> you know and it just all kind of escalated and when i got back i just didn't didn't have a very good time for about four or five weeks and uh yeah uh, my my husband was uh having to calm me down quite a lot on a regular basis like I just wasn't in a very good place with it um and I just thought do you know what I've got to go and sort this out because I, I hate it like it's horrible horrible feeling so I am um, I've been seeing a psychologist actually and just having like a monthly chat with us with a psychologist and um yeah I think it's been helping yeah like they just there's no quick fix to anxiety you just kind of got to manage it haven't you yeah uh there's just like different techniques and different things you can do to um just control your thoughts and kind of get yourself calm and um yeah I just find like I'm just having to manage it on a regular basis and it's definitely much better than it was um I think, and I think maybe it's because I'm at like a stage in my life where there's lots of changes coming around and I've got lots of big decisions to make and, you know, I live on the other side of the world from a family and yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's just lots of different factors that I have to balance and um, yeah, yeah, it's just part of, part of the, the things that life throws at you and things you have to deal with, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny with anxiety and, and I think since doing this podcast we've had a few different conversations around it and had more conversations with people and I think one thing I've realised is and now listening to you talk about it is it seems a little bit wrong to call anxiety with some person another person the same thing yeah. it's so different it's so different everyone yeah you know I have a really strange relationship with my anxiety I like it and I like it in a way because it guides me like it tells me what I need to be focusing on it shows me where I'm lacking and things like that so when my anxiety comes around I'm listening to it I'm using it I thought that was like that's it like that's everyone needs to be doing this but I've realized it's it's completely different yeah with everyone um so it is interesting to to, yeah to hear your story about that yeah it was like like I said I've always known that I worry about like silly things I shouldn't be worrying about um, but it was just this, it was just this, this stage or this period of time where it just reached a different level and it was making me feel so uncomfortable and like, I just can't describe it. It's so hard to describe and you just feel horrible. Like I felt horrid all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, just managed to kind of break out of that cycle, I guess, cause you can, it, you know, you can either help yourself or not and, um. Yeah, I just got really good friends around me and my husband and then obviously these psychologists yeah. um, sessions. It was just massively helped me. And um, yeah, cool. I just feel like I can recognise it now. And I think that's part of it. Because when it's so new and it's that intense, you don't know what the hell's going on. And it's like scary. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's really like, I find like I just physically can't focus. I can't do anything like besides... I can I can train, yeah. but like a lot of it is related to that. And I think if I had to pinpoint wh- where it actually stems from, it's 
like the fear that I won't fulfill like the expectations that I have for myself or I won't reach the potential that I feel that I have yeah. somehow yeah. and that's like the overriding fear and like everything and that's why I get so anxious all the time yeah I think yeah um, so interesting in, in terms it? of anything like whether it's training or work or even like friendships like could I be being a better friend could I be you know being a better coach could I be being a better athlete is there something that I'm not doing that I could be doing to make me better that I'm not doing yeah and the thought that there is and that I'm not doing it it like it freaks me the fuck out so yeah. that's why I'm always trying to do more stuff like should I do yoga should I maybe I'll like <laughs> try this. calories or something well yeah and yeah. it's just like this constant like not not really trying to find like the magic not the key or anything like that but just like I want to make sure that I optimize every aspect of my life and the fear that I'm potentially not is quite terrifying yeah because I'm always thinking what if I die today <laughs> what yeah. if I die today every time I'm driving I'm like what if I had a car accident right now yeah like it's so funny isn't it and yeah so, I think about that say, every so fucking day what if I die today would people be like yeah she gave it a good crack yeah you know I fucking hope so yeah I know it's so strange it's, I can't pinpoint mine my anxiety like you can like mine is just different things that make me anxious and just like the physical response and managing that like managing those symptoms of like your heart rate being through the roof and yeah like the the the, the thoughts just going around in your so head so stupid oh. yeah fucking so worrying about stupid crazy. fucking stuff yeah I started taking medication like about a week ago um and it's weird because at first like it's only been like a week or so apparently it takes a few weeks to kick in um besides being insanely thirsty and really fucking tired yeah <laughs> I'm not really sure <laughs> If it's going to make me feel any different. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see, right? Yeah. In a few weeks. Apparently apparently, it'll make you less interested in sex as well. Oh. I mean, I don't have sex <laughs> right now, so but I don't know whether that's... <laughs> Just because that would be weird, because I'm like sitting here on the couch with you guys and Graham. <laughs> Maybe you can report back in the next podcast. A review. <laughs> medication I should review, review the medication. <laughs> yeah. If I was in a sexual situation, I'm not sure if I'd be interested or not. We'll we'll find out on the tenth episode. Um, it's interesting that like when you when you get to have these conversations with people and you realise like, oh, so it wasn't just me, you know? Like you you realise a lot of us have those same feelings and yeah. those those same you know times where we we do get those moments where you know our palms get sweaty, our heart rate goes through the roof because I think one of the the big things that um, heightens these experiences is the fact that we feel like it's just us. Yeah, absolutely. That are experiencing it. Yeah. So when you actually get to talk about it and be honest about these, these, these things that happen, um, it's a bit of a relief. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It definitely helped me. Mm. Um, one of the girls that I coach was like really, really helpful when I was going through this little phase a few months ago and she was like, oh, you know, I know exactly how you feel. This, this happened to me. You'll get through it. And just, like, that support it makes such a difference. Um, and then also someone else that's, like, quite important to me um, and helps with my weightlifting stuff um, also shared, like, his experiences. And for me, just hearing someone that I totally thought wouldn't ever kind of experience anything like that 
had and um, you know shared similar symptoms and, and similar um, you know thoughts that they had and things like that it just it really reassured me um, you, you can just relate can't you and you can ask questions and you know they just check in with you make sure you're alright and just little things like that I think make such a difference yeah um, and just speaking about it like not bottling things up you know it's just the best best way to deal with something kind of head on for sure yeah yeah yeah. So, it's fun and games this life thing <laughs> it is it's a very very interesting thing we're doing here on earth yeah yeah <laughs> it's good though mainly it is good. good it is good yeah. Have you have you had any like mind gold moments like in terms of like I guess turning points in your in your thinking and your mental strength and something that's been like that's fucking it and that's really helped you. I don't know if you read the book that I gave you like for the last time you went away. Yeah, I've read I've read a few pages, but I'm reading like three books at a time at the moment, so, so it's okay. quite hard for me to You're like, like a book athlete. <laughs> I do that too. Oh, yeah. dear. Just have a few on the go. I actually stopped reading for many years, but it was when I, my anxiety peaked that I started reading again and yeah, it really right. helped just kind that, of is it because it helps you to focus on something yeah that's it yeah for sure because mm. I find when I'm really bad I just can't focus yeah yeah I've been um just, just on on just sort of a little bit off topic I've been taking CBD oil oh lately. yeah yeah that's been great for anxiety yeah but not so much like like more managing it okay being more clear-headed with it and yeah. I've heard lots of good things about CBD oil. Yeah. But I just it's not really crossed my mind because it's probably prohibited yeah, in Yeah, well you invented right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. definitely something to look into maybe mm. later on. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no good. In terms of so I, I know we're bouncing back and forth with things here, but um I'd be interested to hear your views on recovery, you know, in terms yeah. of for your weightlifting. Obviously recovery is a, a big a big part is yeah. besides eating all of the food ever yeah eating all the food what are some things you do for recovery um well i generally try and get a decent amount of sleep mm-hmm. how, which how doesn't long? always work but how long the intent you um i'll get i'll try and get at least seven and a half hours well, that's because it's you, realistic like it's realistic yeah what with work and things like that like i'm probably not going to get nine hours every night what's optimal though mm. Eight, I'd eight. say. Yeah. Eight. If I could have it my way, I'd get eight hours sleep every night. Yeah, um, same. That's mine too. Yeah, but it just doesn't happen really. Maybe twice a week if I'm lucky. Mm. Um, so you just, I just try and aim to get as close to that eight mark as possible. If I need to have a nap in the day and I've got the time to, then I'll do that as well. Um, I like to um, like move around a little bit when for recovery. So I like go for a little walk or stretch and mobilize um foam roll i like foam rolling yeah i think it generally works for me um and i don't know i don't i don't I haven't really had a good experience with ice baths yeah. to be honest they're not for me no like it's actually harder to get myself into an ice bath and not worth the actual pain i don't think <laughs> but yeah no it's um cold showers i don't really have cold showers no, no just like a nice hot one yeah, yeah, I think enough. if I had a bath, because I'm in a flat that doesn't have a bath, but if I had one, I'd probably have a nice long soak yeah, um, yeah. as much as I could in the week. Um, but yeah, for me, at the moment, it's the food element that's making the biggest difference. Yeah. Um, and just 
making sure that I'm stretching and keeping everything as loose as I can. Um, and I also do clinical Pilates once a week mm. and I get a massage on a weekly basis, which is quite hefty on the old purse. But mm. for me, it's a vital part of my training and, and yeah. my, my routine. You yeah. try and, you know, strike up a deal or something. Someone who wants to learn more yeah. Well, yeah, I could. I mean, I've got a good relationship with um, my physio and my myotherapist now, so they kind of they do help me out. Um, I think they they charge me like the bottom level of the tier, if you like. Um, but yeah, it's just for me, it's worth it. Even if it's costs me a, a bomb, it's it's worth what I get out of it and my body feeling that little bit looser and yeah. and fresher going into the next session. So. Yeah. Yeah. That may be the key things for me. Cool. So back to the mind gold moment, Christian. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, can you pinpoint anything <laughs> along the way in the last fucking ten years, I don't know, that you've had like an epiphany, like a mental we call them mind gold moments. When yeah. you're like, that's fucking it and that that's kind of given you that kind of got you to the next level. Yeah. Um I think for me it's not really a specific moment as such but for me it was about trying to not care as much so um I think as I as I kind of got halfway through my career so far I realized that the harder I tried the like worse my performances would be so I totally understand yeah, this. So I had to kind yeah. of take an approach like, who cares? Yeah. Which, I mean, I do totally care, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just kind of saying to yourself, like, does it matter if you fuck up? Like, yeah. does it matter if you bomb out? No. You're still going to have your family there that love you, your husband there that loves you, blah, blah, blah. Like, yes. So at the end of the day, put it into perspective everyone forgets about it anyway like you had, you do a big comp everyone's like oh yeah wonderful so and so got gold so and so broke the world record but give it like three weeks and everyone's forgotten about it like yeah, you true. just kind of got to say I'll just do my best give it a good crack if it works out it works out but if I mess up then whatever so what that's the best yeah so but I do have to remind myself of that at yeah. times but um yeah, just like, just kind of thinking that it's not actually the end of the world if it doesn't go to plan. Like, That's yeah. what I think when a group fitness instructor cancels and they can't do their class. Yeah. Like, what's the fucking worst that can happen? Someone won't get to come to Zumba tonight. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> That's with it. me. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to apply that thinking to like everything in my life now. Yeah. Thank you. That's great. Like those sessions where you're like, I've got hit max lifts today. I've got to try and get a PV. It's like, well, actually... If I don't, so what? What happens? Try again I come next in week. tomorrow. Yeah, like, I'm still here tomorrow. Doesn't That's matter. It. Yeah. That's it. Mm. Um, and it's but it, I feel like it's taken me so long to kind of get to that point. Um, but yeah, just chill, do your best, and see what happens. And if it goes to shit, then oh well. <laughs> kind of thing that's fucking the best life lesson because it for will sure. like uh, I mean that's the thing that's what it's we gonna, know for certain it's always nothing's it's gonna, gonna go, go to, to plan there's yeah. gonna be times yeah. it's gonna go to shit and the best part about those things is those times is like at the other end of it you're like oh 
wasn't as bad as what I thought. Yeah, and you look back and you're like, well, I did try. I tried yeah, my best. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't do a half-hearted effort. Like, I did the absolute best I could, put every single ounce of effort in. And if that's not enough, off. well, then you mm. couldn't. Wasn't have meant done to be. Better. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's for it. Sure. Yeah. That's it. So, you know, I just got to try and keep telling myself that because. Um, you know how it is sometimes you just get so het up and you're like I've got to do this I must yeah. do that mm. like if I do, if I fail it's going to be crap but if you fail you fail like, so what happens you cry you eat a bag of jelly snakes and you come it. back to the gym the next day exactly that with a I fresh mind yeah cool. <laughs> well fucking best of luck thank you yep. Tokyo fingers Tokyo crossed everything up. crossed uh, yeah yeah. Um, one last question before you go. If you were to um, give some advice to a new lifter, someone young that's starting weightlifting, what would you yeah. what would you tell them? A um, couple of things, I suppose. I'd, I'd say be patient. Like, don't expect yourself to lift the big weights straight away. Like, it's so important to nail the technique and learn like the correct movements, even with a broomstick, for mm-hmm. like a month. Do it because it will pay off years down the line. Um, all, all the top weightlifters would have started with a stick and an empty bar like it's just the best way um, and just don't be in a hurry because if you if you get it right from the start then your progress will speak for itself yeah yeah so patience I guess patience yeah super long <laughs> thank you very much thank you it's yeah, been a pleasure pleasure no Thank you for coming on Mind Gold, episode nine. Episode nine. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thanks for having me. Let's go eat some food. Yeah. Back in with you in the future and yeah, an update. Yeah. Yeah. To be continued. Whether you make it or not. Hundred percent. Oh, I hope so. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you. you. All right, that's episode nine done. Have a good Saturday. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.